Okay, so we need to talk. We like you and you and I do. Yeah, we have now been doing this for six months. Yeah, twenty-five episodes, and <laughs> this was supposed to be a joke, man. Like why, why liter- doing this? literally, I'm not sure people understand this, but this was supposed to be a piss take of self-ordained thought leaders starting their podcasts, and then it was supposed to last like two weeks. Because we believe jokes should, we've got this, we've got this philosophy that jokes should have staying power, right? Commit to the bit is the phrase. Yes. They should run for a little. Mm -hmm. Well, then people started listening. So we have a choice to make. We We either just cut it off now at this amateur effort that people philanthropically are choosing to tune into every week, or we do it properly. Which do you want to do? We have an option to go full Elon Musk on this one and just put a vote to the people. We're not going to. Uh, I, I say we send it. I say we keep going. But, like, properly. Okay, so we're going to take a break. Yeah. And we'll come back in two weeks. Yep. And revamped, refreshed. So we're going to call it, so it'll be the new, Envoy the all-new Envoy Recorder Radio. Yeah. But season one, pretending we've never done it before. Because now we're doing it. Yeah, so it'll be season one, and everything before that was season Should zero. Should we just delete all the other episodes? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sure some people would appreciate that. And we could just talk about the same stuff over again, but better. So now we've established that if we're doing this properly, mm-hmm. we would have done it much better. So in, now we've publicly acknowledged that, that we think it's not very good. Which we should probably we to just do now. stop yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Should we just stop now? We should stop. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm Ace Callwood. And I'm Scott Wayne. And this is the old Envoy Recorded Radio. So this is the shitty version. Yeah. Doing. All right, so let's just do 20 minutes so people don't have to go through it. Okay. Should we to- choose two subjects each? I get two, you get two. One for me, that's, one for that's you. That's typically how two subjects each works. Two for yep. me, two yep. for you. Oh, I, I'm going to start with consumerism. I'm going to start with consumerism. Um, so it is uh, the end of July, uh, which means it is uh, Monday, July 31st. Um, it's the end of move-out season. In Actually, move-in, move-out season on the college campus that I live near. And I drove through campus today, and it is uh, appalling might be the word. It is absolutely mind-numbing. The things that ostensibly broke college students can afford to just leave on a curb when they've moved out of their apartments, either moving to the next apartment or like back home because they've graduated. And I, if if one were to show someone who is either unhoused or lives in a second or third world country the amount of shit we are willing to just throw away, it would be mind blowing. Which got me to the the. The thing, actually, when I do innovation work with clients, I um, I I park this idea of challenging pronouns, and of course, everybody thinks I'm getting political, and I'm not. When it comes to innovation, I say they is now we. So whenever you are operating in some environment, you say they ought to fix that. 
I challenge executives to spend oh, 30 seconds thinking about how we would fix that. So the pothole on the way out of your neighborhood, yeah. what might you do there? You can put a cone in it. You can put quickcrete in it. Uh, there's a guy who drew phallic uh, symbols around all the <laughs> potholes in his town. He was in England, no surprise. Uh, and so the city, the municipality cleaned all of them up. But like, how might we solve that minor inconvenience? And it's a good thought exercise to get the muscle memory of how might I go solve a problem rather than expecting somebody else to deal with it. And so I did that exercise today um, around college kids throwing just good stuff away. And I think one of the issues is they don't have like vehicles by which to move the big stuff. It's easier to leave the mattress, etc. What if we sent a truck around and picked up all of the nice stuff and sorted it and categorized it, you get it for free, and you keep it in a warehouse, and it's just free for folks. I'd imagine the city has an unused piece of property or several. I'd imagine we could probably employ some folks to curate this stuff. And if we could get it, you could get some big brawny dudes to pick a bunch of stuff up, put it on a truck, take it to a place. I wonder if that would solve some of the waste, like the egregious waste, and give an opportunity for people who need but can't transport, etc., to maybe get access to these things. That's my 30 seconds on how I might solve that. So I would, I would posit that it's not that people can't afford it. It's that they just don't want the burden of doing something with it. If mm. you look at what those same students are wearing, mm-hmm. the technology they have in the pockets, I suspect they can hire a $40 a day U-Haul mm-hmm. to move some stuff around. But I do think you're tapping into why there's very little sympathy for student debt um, write-offs. I could see that. Is yeah. that uh, when the general public are watching students. Now, unfortunately, the people who really need the write-offs you're not seeing them roam around campus because they're working in a pizza joint or they're working in a call center. But it is not something that, uh, poverty-stricken students is not something one observes in any university town. And I think that is the, um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's a bad season for the optics of saying, and I'm not saying people aren't struggling with student debt. It's just the the optics upset. Yeah, the the decision on whether you get the U-Haul or the case of beers. It's, it's poor money management students, not broke. They got money. I just bought more <laughs> beer if I had more money. I mean, but there's some truth to yeah. that. And whether it's booze or whatever this generation has decided is their vice, um, yeah, making those decisions. And then that just fast furniture, fast everything now. It's it's tough. So, look, as we uh, as we talk about responsibility as a student around possessions Mm. and making good investment choices. So as you know, in the UK, you pay a license for your television. It's what funds the BBC. And it's quite expensive, actually. It's several hundred quid. Okay. So it's um, like a a, a TV tax. Yeah, it's a TV tax, but it pays for public television. So it pays for the BBC. And uh, some people like it, others resent it. It's quite expensive, but they, when I was a student, they would send around these TV detector vans, which were like Ford Transit vans with little aerials on the top that, that could tell whether you're pulling a signal from the TV. Uh-huh. So I was a student. I was living this Wait, f- to see if you had paid your tax. Yeah, and then they'd match you with the address to see yeah, if you okay. paid your license. And the fine is quite hefty. It's yeah. not insignificant. So I lived in this flat with five other people, um, two of them were Singaporeans. And one of the Singaporeans, I'm not going to name him because I think he's actually quite a senior <laughs> official at the Singaporean Treasury now. He may be like the Minister of Finance or something. But <laughs> he, um, he's a great guy. He was obsessed with Manchester United. Okay. And so he'd want to watch it. And we had this old, old beat up TV. And I took, but 
I wasn't willing for us to buy a TV license. And so I told him he could only watch it from the fourth floor balcony. We were on the fourth floor from the balcony. And if he saw a van that looked like an aerial, he had to throw the, because the TV was worthless, throw the TV off the balcony, right? So this, this guy who like made it to one of the top universities in the world, flown halfway around the world from Singapore, obsessed with English Premier League, would, whatever the weather, would sit on the balcony, with the TV like hanging off the balcony looking for vans. And then he'd see, because of course, like white transit van man is like a thing. There's just transit vans everywhere for every contractor. There's dozens of them everywhere. And so he'd, he'd be like, hanging off as the thing. So that's, yeah, good student choices. All right, my turn. Um, oh, that wasn't yours? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't count. We promised Perry it'd only be 20 minutes and then. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm just going to do a quick plug. Uh, so, uh, I think we're going to talk about Barbie in a future episode because I want to see it before we talk about it. I was going to ask about that. Uh, but I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet and will, obviously, because I'm that sort of nerd. But Criterion Channel, at least in the United States, Criterion Channel is making available for free the documentary The Day After Trinity that was a, a runner-up for an Academy Award for documentary in 1981. And it's it's sort it's not the film, and the maker of the documentary thinks the film is really good, but it is the sort of primary version interviewing the people around Oppenheimer about the nuclear weapon, and it covers unlike the film, it covers them going to Hiroshima. Mm. Uh, so anyway, it's free for the month of August. Watch it. As we are seeing, we're getting into tank radio here, but uh, just yesterday we saw photographs of senior Chinese and Russian officials in North Korea, in Pyongyang, at a parade of missiles that are nuclear capable. It was clearly sent as a signal. Both of those countries, we are back in the nuclear age. We're thinking about these things. I think it's good to have that education. So go watch Trinity. And I'd just like to say of the things we're not covering, I'm not choosing to cover somebody taking the name of something that might be named after a bluebird and naming it after a letter. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, no. No, I, you know, we'll come back to that maybe one day. Um, mm. I did know, though, that that said dickhead. Yeah. I hadn't realized that all of the models of Tesla are designed to say the word sexy. What? So it's the Model S, uh, the Model 3, the Model X, the Model Y. And do you know why he couldn't get the E? Uh, Mercedes wouldn't let him use the it. The E class. Yeah. Oh, they said, hey. Them. I'm sure they said it very politely in German, or maybe they Nein. didn't. Hopefully they didn't. <laughs> Hopefully they said it like that. Nothing says nothing sounds polite in German. Oh, that's that's also true. Yeah, it's yeah. just not a bit factual. It's a very guttural language. I like it. Um, <laughs> German to me sounds like English from my hometown. <laughs> Nobody said English was a beautiful language after Scott. <laughs> it depends what, what part of the world. Yeah. The Queen's the English. Yes. Um, that was a very English thing to say. Instead of what, well, it depends what part of the, instead of which part of the country, which part of the world. Yeah. You, an yeah. English person speaking English. Yeah. Uh, let's stay in in global events yes. for a second because there are, there are real things going on. Um, a coup in West Africa. In yeah. Niger. Um, yeah. Th so the the French former French colony. Yep. Um, one. <laughs> one might have very real feelings on whether or not relations between uh, the French. I think the French are still on good terms-ish, decent terms, but they're they're actually threatening um, a military intervention 
at this point. So that's the latest. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is an interesting, the, the post-colonial, do you have an obligation to stability mm-hmm. or do you have an obligation to stay the heck out? And during the Ebola crisis, mm-hmm. it's interesting, when the Ebola, cri- when the Ebola uh, uh, epidemic kicked off in West Africa, the medical teams that were sent from the West, they, they divided up. So the countries that were affected were Cote d'Ivoire, yep. Liberia, and Sierra Leone. They all neighbor each other in, mm-hmm. in West Africa. The French took the lead on Cote d'Ivoire, former colony. The British took the lead on Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. former colony. But this is aid, right? This mm-hmm. is medical guidance, like medical teams going risk and lives. And then the United States took the lead on Liberia. Mm-hmm. Like they sort of picked off. Yeah. I, now, you could argue there were points of language and culture and connections and all of those things. Yeah, sure. all of those. But it does, does feel a little strange. And then next door in Mali, the French were essentially kicked out. So they were there for 10 years on a peacekeeping mis- mission. They were there with some other forces. The, the Royal Air Force uh, were there supporting with them as well. But were, by all sense and purposes, kicked out by um, forces that were being supported by the Wagner Group, and it looks like Niger is the same thing. They were flying it, Russian flags during this, during this supporters coup. of the coup flying yeah. Russian flags. Yeah, which is, and then I, I think the only, the only entity to come out in favor of the coup was the Wagner Group. Yeah. And, and so that. So we've got two things going on: the the Wagner Group being pushed out of the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to go once they get to Belarus? Well, there's a good chance they'll be encouraged to go to Africa. But combined with that, the refusal of the Russians to do a deal over grain exports from Odessa in the Black Sea, right. who's going to suffer from that? It's going to be the sub-Saharan Africans. So yet again, in a, in a, a world away of things that aren't directly related to, to sub-Saharan Africa, is it's going to take the hit on both sides. But it'll be interesting. So China has so many interests in, in Africa now the rivalry may end up between Russia and China. As Which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, I, we maybe don't, maybe won't go here. I think there's still so much that needs to come out on this front. But um, China, um, did you see the news? Well, state officials are now finally talking about it. Um, China having hacked some pretty critical systems of the United States. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and and, and embedding malware. Yeah. Uh, that. I want to let that play a little bit before we dig We're into it. We're going to come it, back to that? Yeah. On, let's, a, on let's. a future better produced, better delivered new <laughs> podcast. Hey, we're going to call it a podcast, right? No, it's still not a podcast. Oh, I don't believe in them. Okay. Okay. Uh, which one do I choose? Oh, yeah. You did good. Oh. In, in, my, in my racist segment, um, Sneaky Mexicans. That's what I want to talk I want to talk about Sneaky Mexicans. Oh, and God. as I say that, Perry's like, oh. As, Perry, as I flip, say that. Flip to your face. As on I the... say... <laughs> it's like, what's he going to say? <laughs> so those sneaky Mexicans, you're, you're immediately thinking about, you know, the, the governor of Texas putting a floating wall over the, over the river and whether that's legal. And you think about it might be the football. But no, no, Bud Light those sneaky Mexicans, because we have talked about Bud Light losing its title as the favorite drink of America. Yeah. And we, we presumed we it's Miller. Miller. It's not Miller. Yeah. Modelo. Ma- <laughs> those sneaky Mexicans snuck in there. Oh, well done. And yeah, yeah, Miller is not the best-selling beer. Modelo is. Um, <laughs> so the best-selling, take, take this, Redneck America, the best-selling <laughs> light beer, which to the rest of the world just known as cold urine in a cup. Is is not actually yeah. It's it's made in Mexico. I happen to love Simple. Modelo. 
I think it's great. I Big love Modelo too. Big fan. Um, I also love my pronunciation of Modelo. I'm confident that that is how it's said in Mexico. Modelo. Yeah. I wasn't being, I no, wasn't being uh, that wrong. Eh, I'll take it. Um, it's global. All right, hey, I'll tell I, you your last one. No, I, we're done. Oh, is I? <laughs> we did two and two, remember? Because oh, oh. that's how two each works, I think, was your direct quote, not 17 right. minutes I have, ago. I have two you things. You have two to, more. Uh, no, I have two you. things to close on there about family. Be- we before we go there, yeah. um, I'd like to start giving a rundown of the places we're going to be so we can start seeing Oh, people. so we can start connecting with people. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it depends who's in each of those places. About yeah, well, in some cases, we might have we to lie to about where we're going to be. Where are we going to? Um, uh, I'm we're in New York in, tonight. We're in New York. Are you coming tomorrow? I'll be up tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, and then, which will be too late by the time this comes out, we will be in New York. We will have missed you already. Probably be coming. Um, coming up though, we've got Dallas. I'm in LA later in the week. You aren't. Yeah. Why are you in LA? Oh. Oh. Taylor oh. Swift, man. Oh, <laughs> you are going yeah. to Taylor Swift. I'm jealous. I'm hey, no so I was asked. To- <laughs> So I started this week. It's like, you've never been in a stadium full of so many women. And I was like, yeah, I have actually. And it was in LA when I first moved here. And somebody invited me to go was to it the- Madonna? No, somebody invited me to go to the Lilith Fair. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> it was like my first week in America. And I'm in the I'm in the Rose Bowl with oh um, my God. Yeah, with there was like me and four blokes and the Indigo Girls and Sarah McLaughlin. It was great. I loved it. Anyway, so my second, my Nons second, being a minority of like 0.5 percent, we'll have it. <laughs> Perry's face again. <laughs> is will be happening this week. So I'm gonna, and then next week. Sorry. Next <laughs> week. So L.A., uh, Dallas. Yep. And then I think there's a St. Louis coming up. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure right, out. But one I'm going to send you a report from the Taylor Swift concert. Perfect. Oh, so I great. think we should start doing dispatches. Yeah, you know, like in captain's logs. Yeah, transmissions yeah, yeah. Star from the Trek field. Transmissions. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, can I finish? Can I finish on family, and then you'll do that thing where to. you parachute yeah. in a joke. Perfect. So I want to close the loop on one thing. I had criticized a couple of weeks ago, and I stand by the criticism. But I criticized President Biden for not recognizing his granddaughter. And he heard your words of wisdom. I think he did. He must listen to the show because uh, a couple of days ago he did. He did. Um, and he recognizes the number of grandchildren he has and uh, is speaking favorably about supporting the interests of his, of, his, of his girl, of his granddaughter, which I think is great. And the last thing I wanted to say is just, I'm really excited to um, have your twin brother come visit this week, which I just think is gonna be amazing and weird having him on the compound. And I hope you talk about the show. He's, I hope you talk about your career and- He's a pain. Is he like you? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that question because I'm. I would imagine our parents would say yes, and uh, I would say couldn't be further from. Um, but I'd say you'd find us equally annoying. So, you be the judge. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting. There we go. In that case, we will see you all in two weeks. Maybe. I'm Scott Wayne, and I'm Ace Callwood. And this wasn't ever on for recorded radio. <laughs> <laughs>